Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. And hi again. Welcome back to Vondren. Legal Hour. Attorney Steve Vondren here with you. It's a rainy day here. We are talking about injunctions. You may hear some rain falling in the background. That's because it's a really stormy day today. So I decided to do something fun and talk about injunctions, Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, FRCP Rule 65. Okay, so this is general legal information only and not legal advice. We are licensed practice law in California and Arizona. We take federal copyright and and trademark infringement cases nationwide. So we are talking about the injunction. Now, this is something you see in a lot of lawsuits. A lot of people go, well, what is that? I don't know what it means. Or how do I get an injunction? What do I have to do to stop someone from infringing my books, my movies, my songs, my lyrics, my, my copyrights, so, um, or trademarks. And trademarks could be your slogan or your brand name or your logo. So there's a lot of different disputes with the rise of the internet and social media. So this podcast is going to talk to you a little bit about the federal court injunctions. Now we've talked about you have state courts and you have federal courts. A lot, of, a lot of cases are, a lot of disputes are filed actually in state courts, but there are certain cases, the federal question cases like your copyright law, your trademark law, DMCA, Digital Millennium Copyright Act, different laws are federal. Federal laws can be brought, disputes involving federal laws or arising out of federal law, as they say, can be brought in federal court. So lots of times you may be dealing with the federal court. So this podcast is about federal courts. This is not dealing with state courts. So if you're dealing with state court issue, it may be similar, but it may not apply. So again, this is general legal information only, and you know it's important if you're facing this kind of problem, issue dealing with injunctions that you seek out legal counsel. Okay, so, but let's talk about in general FRCP 65. This is the injunction section of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure. That's where I get the FRCP. So if you need more information, I have this blog written down for you so you can read it on FRCP65.com, FRCP65.com. So let's talk about it. So you're having a dispute with a company, someone's trying to rip off your copyrights, infringe your music, maybe you've got a, a DJ that's mixing your music, um, maybe you have a video, somebody's trying to put it in one of their YouTube videos, trying to go viral with a piece of your video that is copyrighted. You may have other situations between competitors and trademarks. Um, nowadays, there's so many different um, products coming out there. Um, vape products is one where you have so many different brands of the vape coming out that you may have two competitors using similar um, trademarks. You may have um, two vape. Com- you may have a vape company that's using something similar to an established brand, and you may have an established brand that says, "Wow, you this is a vape product, and it, we don't want to associate with that." And your logo is very similar similar to ours. We've had those cases as well. So you know when you have the situation where you want your competitor to stop 
or you want a, an individual to stop or a musician or band to stop using your song, you know, or a competitor. You want to possibly consider getting the injunction, seeking the injunction. Now, an injunction is really two things. It can be either what we call a mandatory injunction, and that's where a court is ordering somebody to do something like, you know, take down those um, infringing songs. That may be an example of a mandatory injunction. And the other one is a prohibitory injunction, and that is basically telling somebody not to do something, okay, like stop selling the song, stop distributing, you know, counterfeit Autodesk or Microsoft software, stop it. Um, so you have two types of injunctions, mandatory and prohibitory, so it's important to know that. Now, so typically how these injunctions come up is a lawsuit is filed, Okay, now we see these in a lot of copyright infringement cases where, let's say, you have companies like Malibu Media, London Has Fallen, some of these other companies, and in their copyright infringement lawsuit, they're asking the court for an injunction. Now, you see that in a lot of complaints, and usually, though, where it really ripens into a real request for an injunction is when you see a party file what's known as an application for an injunction, an application for an injunction. And that's when somebody's saying, um, dear court, here's what's going on. This is what they're doing. Um, here's our, we have filed a complaint with the court. And sometimes the first step is seeking what we call a TRO. And a TRO is a temporary restraining order. Okay, so that may be something you go seek if there's an emergency, you really have to get a injunction in place or what we call temporary restraining order in place very quick, that would be the application for the TRO. Now, lots of times what you might do is an application for a TRO accompanied with a request for preliminary injunction. Now, there's two types. Other, in addition, there's two other types of injunctions. One would be a preliminary injunction, and that would be something that would be in, in effect during the course of a, of a case. So in other words, you file a lawsuit while you're going through the discovery process before the case goes to trial, you are essentially, you have an injunction in place to preserve the status quo, as we say, preserve the status quo. So you want things to just maintain the equilibrium until the case is over. Now, if you prevail on your causes of action, one or more causes of action, and the case is over, you win, you may be seeking a, pre a permanent injunction to basically permanently enjoin the other, the other party or the wrongdoer or the infringer from engaging in any further types of acti activity. Okay, so that's the different types of injunction. Now, kind of the process that goes on here, as I mentioned, is you would file a complaint, you would allege your causes of action in the complaint, it may be, let's just take for an example, let's say you're alleging copyright infringement, willful copyright infringement. So you would make your allegations that somebody's using your movies, pictures, books, your characters, whatever, they're using them. Um, they are violating one of your exclusive rights, what we call the bundle of rights for the copyright holders, right to reproduce, distribute, publicly display, publicly perform, uh, make copies, those kinds of things. So you would make your allegations you would also be requesting an injunction in your complaint. Now, when you do your application for a TRO, let's say you're going to go that route, um, you would normally want to seek to notify the other side. And I say sometimes you can't always do it, so there may be some 
you know, depending on the courts, there may be some rules that allow you to avoid giving notice, but likely you're going to have to explain to the court why there is no notice. Remember, um, courts, federal courts, state courts, you know, they want you to give notice to the other parties. They really don't want to be deciding things on what we call ex parte basis. Um, they really want both parties to, you know, they want the adversarial process. They want you to give notice to the other party, um, the time and the date of the hearing, the courtroom, the address, you know, the whole thing. So they want notice given. Now, if for some reason you can't, then you may need to come in ex parte and explain to the judge why. Now, those would be things that you may want to put down in a declaration explaining to the judge how you tried to notify the other party, why you weren't able to, so forth and so on, okay? So you're going to have your application for your TRO in addition to your complaints. Your complaint's going to be a separate document um, seeking an injunction as one of your remedies. Then you're going to have your application for your TRO and request for a preliminary injunction hearing. So now the court may grant the TRO. Let's just say, I don't want to say it's a lower standard of, of, of proof, but, you know, let's say if there's an emergency situation, the court may be more willing to say, fine, I'll give you a temporary restraining order. That's, that's good for 10 to 14 days, but then you're going to need to come in. I want the parties, both parties, to have a chance to brief the issue. I want to see, you know, the adversarial process. They, you know, of course, they're going to have a totally different story from you, and that's usually how it goes anyway. So then you are basically seeking to set a time and date for a preliminary injunction hearing. Okay, that's where I say that's where the gloves come off, that's where the fights are, that's where the case law is being cited, declarations, affidavits, those kinds of things. So that's the big deal. Now, if you get the preliminary injunction, likely the other party would be requesting that you post a bond, and that's another issue. The bond basically is a civil bond, and that is in the event that you were wrongfully enjoining their activities and they would win the case and they would essentially suffer damages because you placed an injunction on or because the court allowed you to place an injunction on. So, you know, it's important when you're seeking these to, to realize and to put in your pleadings, actually, that you're seeking that you are willing to post a bond and you may want to recommend the amount of bond that you'd be willing to post is something that you would believe would estimate, you know, approximate damages in case there was a wrongful injunction, okay? So it's something to bear in mind in your pleadings and your papers. Now, let's get to the important part. That's all just some preliminary background information. Again, I have more information on FRCP65.com. That's the federal rule of civil procedure that addresses this. Now, let's talk about the judge's perspective. What is the judge going to be deciding? What is the test? What are the factors the judge is going to consider in making the decision, should we grant this injunction or not? Should I grant this TRO or not? So this is really important, okay? So I'm going to give you just, this is out of the Ninth Circuit, and that's the Ninth Circuit, you know, there's different circuit courts of appeal, the Ninth Circuit's going to cover California, Arizona, Utah, Washington, Montana, so forth and so on. So some of the western states. But in general, this is what courts may be looking for, okay? This is pulled from case law. Again, I have it on frcp65.com if you want to check, out, check it out in writing, okay? So the legal test, and I'm just going to read this, a plaintiff seeking preliminary injunctive relief must demonstrate either 
a likelihood of success on the merits and the possibility of irreparable injury or that serious questions going to the merit were raised and the balance of hardship tips sharply in its favor. Now that's a lot of legal jargon there. Let's break it down, okay? Um, let's start with this. So it's two ways to get there, okay? In other words, say there's two different tests, two different ways you can get there and convince the judge. Number one, if you can show the judge that you have a likelihood of success on the merits of your case, in other words, say, let's just take the cause of action, one of your causes of action is willful copyright infringement. If you can convince the judge that this other party, let's, let's say it's a software infringement case, the other party copied your software, is illegally distributing your software, and you, are, are, you have a registered copyright and you're going to enjoin them, you know, you probably have a, a strong likelihood of success on the merits if you can show that you have the registered copyright and you have the certificate, you can show the judge, and you can allege some facts that are credible that show they're copying and distributing, you know, for example, a website. Maybe they have a website where you're reselling their software. So if they have that and they, they can show that and the possibility that this would cause irreparable injury, bingo. That's probably going to get you, that's probably going to be enough for an injunction, okay? So that's one way to show it and to allege those facts, to give those in your, both in your complaint and in your application for a TRO and preliminary injunction, allege those facts that you're aware of, okay? So that's one way through the door. The other way, if you can't show that, let's say that you are able to show there are serious questions going to the merits and the balance of hardship tips sharply in your favor. So it's just a different kind of test. It's a different way to get in. Maybe the case is a little more fuzzy, but you say, judge, there's some very serious questions going to the merits. Um, the balance of the hardship, putting an injunction on them is not such a big deal. You know, the risk of being wrong is pretty slight. The damages would be slight. That's just another way to get in there, okay? So two different ways, things that the courts are gonna be look at, um, looking at in making this determination. Did you plead it? Is it in your papers? Are you talking about why you would succeed? Are you talking about the irreparable harm? It can't be repaired. Are you talking about there's no adequate remedy at law? Um, that money damages alone, in other words, money damages alone will not make you whole? that this must be enjoined, there must be an action to stop this party now. And that's really what the judge is looking for because if it's something where you could just sue and you know there's nothing going on, maybe they took the website down that was selling the infringing software, they take it down and now, you know, or a movie or something, they take it down, they're not doing it anymore. Well, there's no irreparable harm, you just sue them for damages. The judge doesn't really need to get involved in a in granting a order, okay, to enjoin. So keep in mind, no adequate remedy at law is usually something good to allege. Um, in regards to the order, um, when you're filling out this application, I say filling out, when you're, when you're drafting an application, you're creating this application with your declarations, affidavits, you know, you would also want to include a proposed order. There are some technical requirements to these orders um, I'm not going to go over it here on this podcast, but just bear in mind, you may need to seek legal counsel to get these orders right. You don't want to go into court. I always tell people, uh, pro per, is it, sure, you, everybody can go into court and, and do the, you can do your own taxes, you could be your own lawyer, all that, you know, you know, represent yourself kind of thing. But, you know, the judges in federal courts, they may give you some leeway. 
However, in many, many cases, they will tell you, look, uh, there's not much I can do. I have to follow the federal rules of civil procedure, FRCP, and I can't just, you know, look the other way just because you don't have a lawyer. So there are some technical requirements in these proposed orders. Um, there's issues of do you need to serve a judge's copy, serving copies on all other parties. I mean, so there's a lot of technical requirements that I'm not going to go into because I just want to do a general podcast on the injunction, okay? Um, so those are some of the things you want to allege, balance of hardships. Again, um, what's the big deal? Let's get me the injunction. It's not going to hurt them that bad. It's not going to, you know, stop, you know, so it's not going to shut them down, so to speak, as far as what they're doing. So public interest is weighed, public policy, any arguments you can throw in there to basically convince the judge and persuade the judge that there are good grounds for an injunction, okay? So that is about it um, in regard to injunction. Uh, of course, it's like I said, this is just a 360 overview. This is a bird's eye view. There are many, many more little inter intricate details if you're seeking an injunction. So if you need some legal help, give us a call. In fact, just find us on frcp65.com. Attorney Steve Vonder, and I hope this has been helpful. Feel free to share this podcast on your social media networks. And we look forward to working with you with any civil litigation, business, intellectual property issues you may have. Okay, go forward, have a great day, and we will talk to you again. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.